crack open your favorite cold beverage, ladies and gentlemen, Razorback fans. It is Thirsty Thursdays here on the Pig Drill Podcast. Woo Pig Suey. is going on Arkansas Razorback fans SEC fans everywhere welcome to the Pig Trail Podcast I am uh, Ty Hudson that's who I am it's Thirsty Thursdays thanks for downloading and listening please don't forget to give me some star power if you haven't already we're, we're at five votes we've been sitting at five votes for a while please feel free to I don't know give me give me a star give me some star power I'd appreciate it, it goes a long way I know I don't, I get in trouble for this from time to time, but I don't push this anywhere but Discord. And I'm kind of okay with people, you know, being a part of the Discord and being able to find it there, assuming it gets, if, assuming the link gets shared there. It, sometimes it does. If I don't do it, someone else will. They'll provide the link. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's been a while since I've even shared it there. I've just kind of been pushing these out and, and whatever, but I haven't been pushing them out on social media. Maybe I need to work on that a little bit more. Um, yeah, no, I most definitely do. There's no doubt about that. So, again, welcome. And uh, shout out to the Patreon supporters. Anybody who's uh, a part of that, thank you. You know who you are. And uh, to anybody who's donated to the to the PayPal, to the PTN, pay, to the PTN PayPal, I appreciate it. You guys are rock stars. You can find those links down below any single one of my YouTube videos on the Pig Troll Network YouTube channel. Just tap the description buck the the description button. Excuse me. It'll come down with all the links that you need, including the Hog Talk podcast. That link is also provided for you there as well. Uh, this stupid chair. I I still have this squeaky. Listen to this bad boy. You hear that? That's not me farting. Okay, that's that's just terrible chair. Carrot. Karen's back from vacation, by the way. She's finally back. I, I, well, I put her on forced LOA, but, you know, it is what it is. She's an intern. I don't pay her. Hey, I need you to look up prices on chairs. Yeah. Office chairs. Mm-hmm. Preferably ones with a back on them, you know, because this one doesn't have a back. How How much? Oh, dear God. Okay, just pick me up a can of uh, WD-40 at Walmart. Thank you, Karen. Okay, let's start this thing off with some baseball. Razorback baseball off to a great start. They opened up against Eastern Illinois and Fayetteville, a uh, three-game series. Arkansas obviously swept them and left your if, – if, Maybe you're living under a rock and you weren't aware of this, but they they won five to one, ten to one, twelve to three in a three game sweep in Fayetteville. They've got Gonzaga coming up on February twentieth. That's a four game series against them. Gonzaga, listen to this. They started their season off not so great over there. All right, they lost to BYU one to seven, and then they played Oregon State. Yeah, we're all aware of who they are. Uh, Oregon State. They beat them 10 to 4 in game 1 and they lost the second game 1 to 5. So they split the two game series. And then they played New Mexico and won that one against the Lobos 5 to 4. So you don't really know what you have coming in here with with uh, with the team that's 2 and 2, they're 500 on the year obviously. You don't know their history though. 
yeah, they've they've got a you know, not so bad history against against Arkansas. They're actually uh, four and two overall record. They've won the last, I believe, they won the last four against Arkansas. That that's their history with the Hogs, and um, that's <laughs> you know they they you started off you, you beat them and the first time you played them I think was back in 2013. You won that one. The Hogs did. Then they won 2014. Then I think they played them in a two-game series in 2015. Correct me if I'm wrong. They lost both of those. And so, yeah, they're riding a uh, like a four-game losing streak against these guys. Um, so uh, you got a shot here at, at, at some redemption. you got four games. You know, you've got a hell of an opportunity to, uh, to right the ship here against them, the all-time record. Not that it really matters. You just... At this point in the year, you just want to just take the series. Just get three games. Who cares if you sweep them or not? But, yeah, if you do, uh, you obviously – well, you take the lead if you get three. If you get three wins, the overall wins. I know people aren't really concerned about that, but I, I like it, especially with so few games that you've played against these guys. Here, Here's four opportunities to, uh, to take off in that overall series. I don't know if they scheduled them for next year or not. I'm not really sure, but um, – yeah, here's here. Let me pull up the history here. Yeah, they're four and two overall record against Arkansas. They started off in 2012 in Fayetteville, and they lost those two games in 20. It was in 2012 they played a two game series, and they played a neutral site game in 2013 in Surprise, Arizona. They won that one three to nothing. And then 2015 they played a two game series on the 10th and the 11th of March. They won both of those, scoring 21 runs, holding Arkansas to seven runs. And then 2016. They beat Arkansas 15-10. to 10. Uh, That's, uh, ouch. 42 total runs in this series. And, the, and again, the last time they beat you in 2016, they, they clobbered Arkansas. Well, they didn't clobber them, but they scored 30 runs in those last two games in Fayetteville, holding Arkansas to 15 runs. So uh, that's – and their their largest margin of victory was 15-5 to 5 in uh, 2015. That's, that's what you got coming up against Gonzaga. And then you're going to play three Big 12 teams, Oklahoma, Texas, and Baylor. You got a few more games, Illinois. You got a three-game series against uh, South Alabama. Then you got a two-game midweek matchup against Grand Canyon University. And then Friday the 13th, you're on the road against Mississippi State. That's going to be a hell of an opener at 6.30 currently at 6.30 on SEC Network+. Plus. That's obviously a three-game series. And then you got Oklahoma again. I talked about this Monday night. It's weird that you have that. I guess maybe that was the only opponent they could schedule. I really don't know. Dave Van Horn's mentality is schedule him, we'll play him. You know, he'll take on anybody. And uh, I like that you're playing Oklahoma twice here. But that, that's going to be March 17th. And then you open up finally at home in SEC play against Alabama at Baumwalker Stadium at 6.30, Friday, March 20th. So, yeah. Exciting year. Got some good games at Baum. You're going to have uh, – I'm really looking forward to the Florida series. You know, Florida is always one of those teams that they either prove everybody wrong or they're still always kind of in the mix. You get that Little Rock game again, but that's going to be at Baumwalker on Tuesday, April 7th. That'll be interesting. See if you can get some uh, revenge there. But probably one game that fans are really excited about, and unfortunately it's at LSU, but it is the LSU game. That's Friday in uh, on April 17th. At Michigan State on April 21st and 22nd. Auburn at home 
in Baumwalker. Then you're also playing, don't forget, Arkansas Pine Bluff, April 28th. Uh, and then you, uh, you've you got Georgia at home, three-game series. I'm trying to scroll down here, and that's it. Then your last series of the year will be at Tennessee. What an interesting schedule. Always tough in the SEC. Always, always tough. Uh, like I said before, I like Arkansas at 40-plus wins on the year. Sticking to that. Uh, I'm not going to give you a prediction on Gonzaga. I've already had someone ask me about this. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts? Do they split it? Do they maybe drop it? Do they sweep Gonzaga? I don't know. I know they. I, I have them to win it. So obviously I've got them at three games, at least three games in this series. It's going to test your pitching too. Four days straight, it's going to really force you to get into your bullpen a little bit. And then you got to prepare again. you got five days to prepare for Oklahoma at Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas, and then Texas and Baylor. At the same ballpark. All right. That's it for baseball. Really excited. Man, oh man. It's going to be a fun year. Moving on to the men's basketball team. Unfortunately, things are not going in in the direction that you need them to be for Arkansas. You really needed that win on the road against Florida to kind of get things ramped up in the right direction. They couldn't do it. They overcame a couple double-digit deficits. I think their 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 largest deficit, I believe, was uh, 19 points. Is that right? It was either 16 or 19. But they failed in the end. This team's got fight. I mean, they really do. They have fight. It is so hard. It's hard to beat Arkansas in regulation. You know, they're going to really force you to, to, to get out of your comfort zone. The only team that really, that really, uh, just kind of well, I don't know that Tennessee ran them out of the stadium, but Tennessee, it just was never you never felt comfortable in that game at all against Tennessee on the road. Um, you got them coming back to uh, to Bud Walton here really soon, but that's really been the only game where I thought, yeah, they're I don't know about this. I, I just don't think there's any shot here. Um, and then you know what? You it's hard to look at a, at that big of a deficit against Florida and not think that as well. I'll be honest with you. I was in and out of that game. I wasn't able to keep up with it, play for play, uh, possession for possession. But yeah, when they were down 19, I think that was the only moment. Or when it got into 12, 14, 17, when it started creeping up like that, I thought, okay, yeah, they're definitely not going to win this. But then they found a way back. Okay, so maybe there's been two or three times. For the most part, for the most damn part on the year you've not felt like Arkansas is completely out of a game even in the second half and they've been able to make things interesting in the final three or four minutes and they've come up short time and time again yeah they've got some wins in in those closing minutes those final three or four possessions but uh, they have they force you to play even if you have more talent they force you to play down at their level and they do that with great defense despite not having Isaiah Joe and uh, uh, Jimmy Witt, who's got a not so healthy back. Arkansas falls to sixteen and ten, four and nine in conference play. They're going to host Mizzou. You know, um, Mizzou is an interesting team. Thirteen and thirteen, five and eight. Uh, on the year in the in conference play, they don't really again. They're one of those teams. They're they're kind of fighting to be in the middle of the conference, but really, you know, they're they're thirteen and thirteen. They're not making the NCAA tournament. I think they know that. They should certainly know that. They're fighting probably to get maybe the NITs. I know not everyone looks at the NITs the same way we are because it's year one. I still think making the NITs is a win for for Musselman and this team. I know we we. We've always looked down at the NITs. The way I see it is it's more opportunities uh, 
for some kind of exposure, whether it's good or bad, I don't know. That's up for debate. But it, it, it also gets you more practices. It gets you an opportunity to maybe you know to, to play guys you wouldn't normally play. You remember last year when they had to go without Daniel Gafford in the NITs and we kind of got a little bit of a glimpse of what was to come this year. And I think you can argue some of that translated to this year. Maybe you get some of that. I, I don't know. They're, they're certainly – I think they're in the NITs. I think they get there. They need to sneak out a couple of wins. Uh, 16 and 10 right now. I think you're going to have to get to 18. Maybe even 19 or 20. I, I don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, it's uh, it's not – it's really not looking good for Arkansas. To, I definitely don't have them in the NCAA tournament. Isaiah Joe supposed to show up Saturday against Mizzou. To what level, I really don't know. Let's look at what Mizzou does well. They play pretty good defense. They're 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 an above average defensive basketball team. They average only uh, giving up sixty five points a game. That's good for top seventy five in the country. Like we've said before, there's three hundred plus teams in college basketball, right? That are eligible for the NCAA tournament. That's not bad when you're in the top. You know, when you're, especially when you're in the top eighty, like they are in that in that category, it's not too bad. Points per game, they're terrible. They're they're near the back of college basketball. They're sixty seven points a game. Um, they they it, they really struggle. I'm trying to look at their road wins. Uh, they I don't think. Let's see. They lost to Xavier, and that, that you know, look Xavier, who was twenty first at the time, sixty three to fifty eight. They dropped that one. Uh, they beat Temple sixty five to uh, or sixty four to fifty four. But then they went on the road against Kentucky. They dropped that one, 71-59. I don't know that they even have a road win in conference play. They lost their Big 12 matchup against West West Virginia, 74-51. They do not have a road win in the SEC that I'm seeing. No, they don't. So you get why Arkansas is favored in this thing. It's at, it's at Bud Walton. I do think people will show up for this game. We'll see if they get they, – it definitely won't be capacity. Definitely not. That's almost laughable, but I think they'll get I think they'll get a pretty good crowd there. Right now they're favored. Arkansas is favored at 79.8%. And you know that Isaiah Joe supposedly going to get some time this weekend. That probably has an impact on that basketball power index number. Uh, I'm going to take Arkansas in this one. And I typically wait to reveal my win-loss until Friday, but what the hell? You're here listening. You deserve it. I'm going to I'm going to take Arkansas in this thing. That'll put you at at a, at a 5 and 9 conference record that gets you to 17 and 10. Um, you know, Mizzou again who's just trying to make the, hell, they're trying to get to the NITs and even that looks impossible for them. Arkansas's like that is a realistic thing for them i know that's not something these guys are excited about but um still it's it's more play and it's an opportunity to play more basketball arkansas right now i mean you look at their uh, rebounding my god they're ranked 401st in the entire country uh points allowed their numbers just continue to slip they gave up or they're, they're averaging giving up almost 67 and a half points a game that puts them at 126th their points per game have kind of leveled out. They're actually top 125 at 121st, averaging just south of 74 points a game. That's not terrible. All things considered, and when you've had Witt who's been banged up, you haven't had Isaiah Joe, you've had to rely on Mason Jones. We've talked about the impact of not having Isaiah Joe out there. 
You know, and the fact that they're not really dropping as far as I thought they would, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought by now, especially with Isaiah Joe being out and finally seeing the effects of that, um, I really thought they would fall out of the top like 250 in squad. Like, I thought they were going to drop immensely, and they haven't. And that's, look, that you got to give Musselman credit for that, but you definitely got to look at Mason Jones and think, holy hell, is he going to the NBA? I mean, he has completely transformed his game this year. Between him and Bailey, I don't know who made a bigger jump. I really don't know. Uh, I was, I, I, I'm just impressed. How about in this last game, though? Let's talk about this for a second. Ethan Henderson. Ethan Henderson got a start. And when you consider, guys, he logged 10 minutes. He was 3 of 4 from the floor. Now he was 1 of 3 at the free throw line. But he got two offensive rebounds, three total rebounds. Seven points in 10 minutes? That's pretty productive. No turnovers. Uh, and he fouled out. You know, that's something that I think he struggled with quite a bit this year. We've seen him come off the bench and foul in the first minute like twice. Like He gets into foul trouble quick. Um, but, you know, Cheney only only got five minutes. Silla got 10. Harris, of course, got 32 minutes. I, You know, Harris is someone I'm looking at and I'm going, what? 32 minutes and the guy had three points? No offensive rebounds. Two defensive rebounds. Uh, he did have a steal and a couple assists, but no big foul trouble there. But he turned the ball over with three points with 32 minutes. Like, what is the deal here? One for two at three-point range. Arkansas against Florida. Let's go over these numbers. 40% from the floor, but 18% from three-point range. Three of 16. That will absolutely beat most teams, especially Arkansas. They were 63% at the free throw line, 12 of 19. Uh, Florida, <laughs> my gosh. You can make the argument here, honestly, that this might have been the best. Sure, we could point to certain examples of bad officiating that went against Arkansas in this game, but this was not a horrifically officiated game, I don't think. They only had 25 shots at the free throw line. Now, they were 84%. I think that that's ultimately why they were able to pull away and get those big leads. They shot 50% from the floor. Guys, that's ridiculous. 23 of 46, 6 of 16 from three-point range, putting them just south of 38%. Uh, and they got some production from their bench. Let's see, 7, 10, what, 12 points from their bench. You know, they had uh, Payne come off the come off the bench, logged 12 minutes. He only had a point, but he had an offensive rebound, two blocks, and a steal. Not too bad with only one foul. Uh, their leading scorer was, uh, was, was Keontae Johnson, who had a hell of a game. Uh, Johnson ended up with 24 points. Uh... Only one turnover, but 10 rebounds, so he had himself a double-double. Eight defensive rebounds, two offensive rebounds. Arkansas, 21 points from Mason Jones. No surprise there. How about Bailey, though, with 16? Not too bad. Not too bad. He got, he also got in a little bit of foul trouble there with four fouls. Uh, Ethan Henderson fouled out. Mason Jones with four fouls. Witt with three. And Seals with two. Yeah, they're missing Isaiah Joe on the defensive end as well because he is such a good defender without fouling. I'm not going to tell you he's like an elite defender, but I, I really think Witt and Bailey belong in the category of being the best two defenders. I think Isaiah Joe definitely deserves some major props for his ability to play defense and not get fouls. He fouls or uh, he, he plays great defense out on the perimeter. That's something else we don't talk enough about when we talk about uh, his NBA, you know, his, his draft stock. That's something else. 
you know, so how about uh, Witt? 10 points, but he had three steals. Not bad. Three fouls. Three offensive rebounds. I'll take it. 37 minutes from him. Mason Jones with 40 minutes. Seals with 36. And uh, Bailey with 30. Look, when you're when you're really only rotating about seven guys on average, maybe eight, um, that's you know that's that's below the average in the conference. Your starters are logging too many minutes. I've said that for now for a couple of weeks. I'd like to see Mason Jones. I'd like for the Hogs to not have to rely on him so much, but if this guy doesn't get you 25, 30 points without Isaiah Joe on the floor and when Witt's only putting up, you know, seven, five, seven, ten points, and now you have to rely on Mason Jones. Bailey, can you get 16 points out of him consistently? Can you? I love, I think he's had the biggest transformation, but the guy averages, what, seven points a game. Now he is shooting 50%, but, and that's great. You know, we definitely need to talk about that. You know, he's he's doing something pretty special there. You know, he's averaging 45% from three-point range. That's not terrible. Uh, you know, he hasn't taken a ton of shots there, but that's still pretty damn good. Free throw line numbers have got to go up, way up. Uh, but, yeah, he's averaging seven points, not even seven points a game. So you can't consistently rely on Bailey. By the way, he's a king flopper. I love that flop against <laughs> Against Florida, that was something special. ESPN took notice. If you haven't seen it, go look at it on Twitter. Uh, Bailey even raises his hand in, in the uh, replies on Twitter. It was pretty funny. <laughs> That's good stuff. I loved it. But uh, Bailey is, don't get me wrong, 6'6", 220. He plays like uh, like he's 6'10", 240 sometimes. Like He just gets in there and plays great defense. I loved his transformation, but he's not a guy that you you feel like you can rely on consistently on offense. So we need to got to get Isaiah Joe back, and I think Saturday against Mizzou he will come back. He's going to be a, he's going to be limited. I would argue this is a bad Mizzou team. I mean, what else is new? It's Mizzou basketball, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I think you could beat them without him at all. And if you play him, maybe give him five minutes. I, I just maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Since his injury, Arkansas has has uh, they've lost a lot of games really since he's been out. And I guess you could argue that. But then when you look at their offensive production, it's actually still pretty decent even without him. Um, a lot of it has to do with I think just. You miss his defensive presence. You know, you miss his ability. I've noticed more open looks for opponents out in the perimeter. I've noticed that. There's more open looks for these guys outside. When Isaiah Joe's out there, you see those less and less. So maybe that maybe that's what's going on. I, I don't know. Obviously, you miss what he does. Maybe his production dropped. But, my God, he means a lot to them when it comes to preparation and when other teams are trying to prep for you without Isaiah Joe out there. It's like that's a huge highlighted name that you don't have to deal with anymore. I, obviously, that has the most to do with it. How about Seals, though? 0 for 6, 0 for 3. This guy shot 0 for. Got 36 minutes. He did get. He did wind up with an offensive rebound, three total rebounds, but he had two fouls. He turned the ball over. I Seals is another guy you cannot rely on consistently, and that's the problem. If Jones and Witt, without Isaiah Joe, can't turn it on, you can argue if these two aren't getting combined 45, 50 points until Joe's back 100%, this is going to be the norm. 
You know, again, you're not going to be able to rely on 16 points a game from Bailey. I love, I love that he's, he's, he's. Uh, I, I love that he had that game. I really do. What a game! He also had a steal. Uh, six total or eight total rebounds. Damn near had a double double. I think he's the type of kid who Bailey and I'll say this last little bit and we'll move on. He will. Uh, he's he's gone after this year. But I think had he had another year under under Musselman, I think you could have seen more double double performances out of him. I really do think that, especially when you're able to get some more depth out there, and uh, and obviously that would mean less time for him. But still, I think he could have found a way in development of his game in the off season where you could have you could have seen him just based on what he went from a year ago to what he is now I definitely think if he had another year you could you could have seen more double doubles out of him now he's gonna move on Bailey is a senior I keep forgetting that I don't know why but I keep forgetting Bailey's uh Bailey's out the door along with Witt and Silla and we'll see what happens with Ethan Henderson I know people have been talking about him as someone who might transfer you never know so uh I think we've rambled on long enough I uh, I think they beat Mizzou. I do, I do, I do. I think they beat Mizzou. But then after that, there's a lot of questions because you're you've got Tennessee, but they thumped you at at their place, eighty-two to sixty-one. And then you're on the road against Georgia. I look with a healthy Isaiah Joe. Give me that game. A healthy Isaiah Joe against Tennessee. Give me that game. Against LSU, I don't, I don't know. We'll see on the road against Stadium. Joe changes things, but he's not going to come in out the gate and change it dramatically. He's, it's just not going to happen. It's going to be a slow, eventually getting him around close to what he was doing this year. And you hope by the time you get to LSU or A and M or the SEC tournament, he's back to his old self before he got banged up. And then maybe you could spend. I could be wrong. Maybe the guy just comes out onto the court and he turns it on, and it's like nothing we've ever seen. Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. But I, I think the real question is how many minutes do they give Isaiah Joe on Saturday? What do they end up doing on Saturday? Do they give him more time, to, or, or, or do they give him more time than expected? Anyways, I'm thinking like. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what Musselman's thinking? I really don't know what they do. Uh, in my honest opinion, and I saw this brought up on Twitter, or maybe it was Facebook. I can't remember. Somewhere. Someone had said, maybe it's worth holding him out until the the SEC tournament. And I'd also seen where someone said, hold him out the rest of the year. And I think you can make some pretty good arguments for for. Well, any direction you take here, because if he does come back, let's say he is a hundred percent or close to it on Saturday, he logs, you know, he gets 20, 25 minutes somehow on Saturday and he gets hella production. He shoots five of 10 at three point range or knocks down six or seven threes has just an unexpected comeback and then does that consistently the rest of the year. And all of a sudden he goes, his average through those games since coming back is like 25 points or 24 points a game. Yeah, he's gone. That could happen. I don't think that's what happens, but that, that could be a possible scenario. But I, I, I'm on the, this is what I think. You, you just don't play him until he's a hundred percent. That would be my opinion. <laughs> if Musselman ever wanted it, I seriously doubt that he that he does. 
But my opinion would be, ah, let's wait. Let's wait till he's a hundred percent. Let's wait until we know that he's one hundred that, that he can play a a full whatever, however many minutes we usually expected him to play, which was ridiculous before he got hurt. Let's wait till we can get him back to that before we get him back on the court. I'm I'm not a fan of hey, let's see what he can do for 15, 20 minutes or for for half his normal time. Or half of his season average. Let's see what we get out of him. I'm not a fan of that because if if, he, if he's not 100%, you're risking the likelihood of him getting hurt again. You're 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 gambling with that. And you're gambling anyways, but you the the odds are not with you when you're recovering like he is. So I, I don't know. Look, Musselman knows more about what's going on. He said before how he deals with this is based on what is what the team doctors are saying, what the people who are around Isaiah Joe's, the people who are keeping up with his health, he goes based on what they tell him that he can do. That's what he does. So the only people that know that at this point are those team doctors. So we'll leave it in their hands, and we'll see what happens on Saturday. And, and if Musselman... If Musselman feels like he could go the full normal minutes, then we'll see him go his full normal minutes. But I, I don't think that's what happens. I think he ends up getting probably half that. But like I said, who knows? Um, some uh, little tidbits here. One little tidbit. How about this? Terry Wells committed offensive tackle. He committed to Arkansas back on, uh, when was that? Not that long ago. He committed. He's part of that 2021 class out of Win, Arkansas. He's a three-star on the 24-7 composite score at .88, but he got a boost on 24-7 sports with a fourth star, and he's now ranked the number one player in the state of Arkansas right now, which is surprising because Drayden Norwood out of Fort Smith, I didn't think anyone was going to top him, and uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he beat him. He's, he's passed him. Drayden Norwood whose composite is a four-star. He's a .90 composite four-star and a 24-7 sports four-star. Uh, so Terry Wells, I expect his composite score to jump. You've also got Deldrick Weathers, or Withers, excuse me, out of Joe T. Why does that not surprise me? Joe T. Robinson pumping him out. I told you guys, keep an eye on Joe T. Robinson out of Little Rock. But Withers is uh, is a three-star uh, defensive end at 6'4", 245. We already talked about Drayden Norwood, whose big brother plays at Oklahoma. He's a six-foot, 175-pound corner. Uh, Marco Avant is an outside linebacker. Roughly, I, I've actually seen he's listed at 6'3", 24-7, has him at 6'2", 212. Um, I think that his... his uh, his recruiting might blow up. I've, I've had that hinted at me. Uh, Tyus Martin, who's fully expected to commit to Tennessee, according to Twenty Four Seven Sports, six three three eighteen, offense or uh, excuse me, defensive tackle. He's a three star. You've got you know, there's there's it looks like their talent pool might be a little bit better at the top this year than what they had last year. You might it might be about the same right now. It looks to be about the same, but it could jump up. Uh, Drayden Norwood, by the way, wanted to give you guys. His crystal ball prediction right now, uh, I had someone screenshot it to me. It's it's uh, was predicted on uh, from Danny West. We missed this back on just uh, last week. Danny West put his prediction in for Arkansas for Drayden Norwood. That's a big one. That's a big one. You can't miss that one. So 
need uh need corners, especially kids like that. I mean, you know, I, I six foot, roughly six foot, six one, about 180, 175 pounder out of Northside at Fort Smith. So that would be a huge get. But anyways, that was your that was kind of your recruiting update. If if there is really much there, there's not. And then the last thing, Xavier Kelly. The uh, Clemson defensive lineman transferring into Arkansas. Of course, this happens after the Monday night PTN. This couldn't have happened on like Sunday during the afternoon where the Hog Talk guys were, where they could have brought that on their Monday show. And then I could have talked about it on the Monday Picture on Network YouTube live show. No, we had to wait till 10.06 p.m. to announce it on Twitter. <laughs> what an odd time, too, at that, at, at that late in the evening. But uh, he said on Twitter, I will be finishing out my college career at the University of Arkansas. Hashtag God is good. Hashtag go hogs and woo pig suey. So I'm going to talk about that Friday night. We'll go into a little bit more depth there on Xavier Kelly. And we'll talk about it uh, on the, on the well, the Pig Troll Network Friday night live show. Which should probably air between 5 and 6 p.m. I'll try to keep you guys updated across social media. Until then... Woo, pig suey, go hogs. You guys be good.